It is winning season at my bookie. Use promo code Gators on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC at Gators Breakdown. Coming at you right here to review, react to the 38-14 victory for the Gators over Vanderbilt in the Swamp on Saturday for homecoming. So we'll get into the game right here. Take a look at it. Um, not in doubt uh, too much there for the Gators. Controlled Vanderbilt all throughout the game but for, for, the, for the most part there. Close in the first half when Florida, in the first quarter, when Florida could have run away with it leave a little earlier, but all in all, good day uh, in the swamp. We'll take a look at it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Uh, you might can hear, uh, Sinus isn't getting the best of me here, so you might can hear it my voice. I may have to throw a random graphic up or mute the mic to call sneeze, whatever you want to call it, but uh, a lot better than it used to be. Uh, <laughs> but this uh, this Sunday morning here uh, got me got me pretty good right now. So. Uh, voice may go out too uh, a couple of times, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it like we always do right here on Gators Breakdown. Everybody hit that like button, subscribe right here to Gators Breakdown, smash that like button right here on YouTube. All that support right here goes a long way. Thanks for everybody hopping in live right here on this Sunday episode. Um, of course, GatorsBreakdown.com. You can head there. You can see uh, what Billy Napier and Graham Mertz had to say over the victory over Vanderbilt. Uh, and then also Gators Breakdown Plus, so much more there. Access to the Discord, good conversation there the last couple of days. Q&A, you get ad-free episodes of Gators Breakdown, extra episodes, all that good stuff. The chat's been going really, really well. Chatting it up every week right there on Discord with Gators Breakdown Plus members. So link is in the description right there for you to join Gators Breakdown Plus. So, all right, 38-14. Gators over the Commodores bounce back win that started, you know, started from the get go. Um, team was ready to play. That's what a lot of us was looking for. You know, no slow starts, no sluggish starts. Act like you want to be there to play a football game, and Florida did. Uh, team was ready to play coming off the. And Billy Napier even said it uh, in the press game. They were they were uh, in the post game. They were embarrassed last week. So. Now, you know, get ready to play coming off the embarrassment of last week at Kentucky. So some wondered mentally maybe where this team would be uh, and that they could take advantage of a team that you clearly are better than uh, in Vanderbilt, and that's exactly what Florida did. So, of course, kind of goes behind, had the run game going. Of course, you should have been able to run the ball versus Vanderbilt, and you did run the ball versus Vanderbilt. So good to see. Look, I mean, two weeks ago, Florida's playing Charlotte in the swamp and could not run the ball. Uh, so look, I, I know I got it a lot on social media. Oh, well, it's Vanderbilt. Well, it was Charlotte two weeks ago. Florida still couldn't run the ball. Uh, so, you know, and there was a lot of questions, like I said, about this team coming in, where were they at mentally? Would they be ready to play? So the miss me with the whole, it was just Vanderbilt in a bubble. We're going to look at this game, you know, granted as the season goes on. Yeah, we may can say that, but where this team was, how this team was playing. No, they needed to go out there and do what they were supposed to do. A lot of that 
being able to run the ball against Vanderbilt's defense, and Florida did what they were supposed to do. This is the team Florida lost to last year. Uh, we're not taking anything for granted uh, with this Gator team right now. So, but to be able to you know sit there and, and run the ball pretty well for the Gators. So let's take a look at some overall stats right quick before uh, we dive into some of the detail about the game. 495 total yards for the Gators. 495 compared to 334 for Vanderbilt. Gators with 280 through the air, 276 for Vanderbilt. Gators, 215 rushing yards, only 58 for Vanderbilt. 25 first down for Florida compared to 13 for the Commodores. 5 of 12 on third down. I believe it was 4 of 6 in the first half, I believe, right for the Gators. So not as good in the second half. Uh, but still being able to be much better than they have been on third down. One of ten, the Gators defense caused Vanderbilt to be on third down. 71 total plays for the Gators, only 53 for Vandy. Seven point yards per play for the Gators, 6.3 for Vanderbilt. Uh, average yards per completion, definitely. Vandy hit the big explosive plays in the passing game. Florida did not, but still... Um, in a winning effort there for the Gators. 14 and a half yards per completion for Vandy. We'll get into that a little bit too, of course. 8.2 for the Gators. And then red zone. Well, we'll get into that just a little bit too. But the Gators, we did the red zone issue so far this year. Six of six in the red zone for the Gators. That's how you end up with 38 points right here. 0 for 1 for Vanderbilt. Like I said, they, they were living on explosives, of course. Tyler of possession, about 37 minutes advantage for the Gators. Three fumbles for Vanderbilt. They only lost one of them. The Gators with two sacks. Vandy with three sacks. The Gators with six tackles for loss. And Vanderbilt with five. So there's your little stat outlook or um, summary there. But look, Florida was running the ball. That's what this offense is going to be built on. That's why everything else was working as well. Um, and you know, as you got throughout the game, they moved George to left tackle. Cameron Waits at right tackle. We know all the injuries. And that was another aspect of this. Oh, well, it's just Vanderbilt. And then once the reports were coming out that ETN may not play and Barber may not play and Kingsley may not play, well, you know, there were a lot of people, well, oh, this is going to be a really close game, uh, really, really close for Florida. This is going to hurt them. You know, Vandy was still playing their backup quarterback, but Ken Sills has played a lot of football. Uh, but still, even, even with that, you know, I, there was, was, was hearing a lot of, uh, well, Florida's in trouble now. Well, I mean, they went out there. Florida still went out there and proved it. Uh, that's another thing. Went out there and did this type of performance, not having your best pieces on offense. Uh, and less predictable offense, using the motion of much better, less predictable. But also, I mean, George being able to step up and go to left tackle and play pretty well. Waits at right tackle. I think the play calling uh, helped those guys out. And you know, I, I think once we all knew you had your questions on the offensive line, ETN wasn't going to play, and I tweeted it out on Saturday, and I know a lot of you guys have been looking for it too. This was an opportunity for Florida to just use, especially with Wilson being back, to just use the quick game. Help your offensive out, offensive line out and use put the ball in the playmaker's hands and just get the ball out of Mertz's hands. Help your offensive line out. And that's what we saw. That's what we saw. Sweeps, reverses, uh, shovel passes, a lot of those to Wilson uh, that were basically runs uh, was something we've been wanting to see more of. To help, also just to help this traditional run game, just open up some lanes. Offensive line, you know, struggle lining up and just mauling defensive lines this season. So getting creative and knowing when to call those plays that have Vandy chasing, uh, putting them in conflict, playing with uh, you know some doubt in their head a bit, really, really helped this offensive line. So 
Vandy just wasn't able to really you know get down, attack downhill at all. Many of these plays in tight formations for the Gators against stacked boxes, and instead of just running into a stacked line over and over on these play calls, you know, it really helped open up the run game uh, for, for Florida. So a lot of the East-West stuff you know, that we saw in the Tennessee game, too, uh, when, when this offense was looked its best, you know, was able to be seen uh, with, with Vanderbilt, just getting the ball uh, in the guy's hands. A lot of east-west, open up some running lanes, and we saw it too. I mean, Montreal Johnson from the get-go was also hitting some big, big, big runs. So, so it didn't it didn't matter. Barber, Aguacan, um, you know, if they were starting to play, and this one it needed to be in the game plan. I think, and you know, kind of going back to the previous point to help this offensive line. Look, it needed to help this offensive line no matter who was there. You know, this offensive line, even with the starters, has struggled. So, I think the game plan really wouldn't have been all that different. It just it, it didn't. It didn't change because Barber and Aguacan were, were were not playing it, in my opinion. I think this would have been a lot of the game plan in a way, a lot of the things we've wanted to see to help this run game open up. Uh, so it needed to be in the game plan and something, hopefully, you know, Florida can build on uh, as this season moves on. I think they figured some, you know, figured some things out that I think can carry this offense forward a little bit. So with the run game going, <clears throat> sorry, guys, uh, with the run game going, Graham Mertz's performance was a good compliment. And this is what a, the complimentary football Billy Napier brings up, what I've been bringing up as well. I think Mertz is a, a good enough quarterback if the Florida run game is going. Uh, he can, this, off, this offense can win some games in, in, in that regard. 30 of 36, 254 yards and three touchdowns. 30 of 36, 254, three touchdowns. That conservative play style is fine for the most part as long as the run game is there. And there's the stat that I've been keeping up with. Here we go. It's the first win for a quarterback under Napier at Florida. So that's Anthony Richardson or Mertz. Where the Gators win when the quarterback throws more than 30 times. So a lot of these passes were an extension of that. You know, I, I'm not going to nitpick it to death. I'm really not as far as, you know, that stat. I've been keeping up with the stat. Hey, it happened. Florida got a win, uh, whatever that. But you know, some of those shovel passes and stuff, of course, you know, really factor in here. But I can't keep up with that stat enough and not give credit when it is accomplished uh, there. So credit there. Gators win. And, but look, the run game was going at the same time. And I think that's what it's going to take. So a lot of these passes, extension of the run game, uh, but here's how it breaks down. Uh, when you want to look at the passing chart for Graham Mertz, 17 of 20 for 112 yards with passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. 17 of 20 for 112 yards with passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. So he was 30 of 36 overall, 17 of 20 of those we're at or behind the line of scrimmage. Eight of eight for 69 yards and passes in the one to five yard range. Six of eight for 78 yards in the five to 14 range. 0 for two on passes 15 plus yards. Uh, missed another to a wide open Khalil Jackson that was bailed out by you know a Vanderbilt penalty. Uh, but when you look at it, I mean, of course, that's, what we've gotten pretty much so far this year, uh, something that, uh, of course, uh, I think we want to see something evolve in this passing game. But at the same time, we want to get the ball in the playmakers' hands and stuff. So you know, there are limited shots down the field. Probably not fair to ask Mertz to hit all of those in the limited situations, but that is the next evolution of this offense, next part of this offense, whether it be throwing more down the field 
if the offensive line will allow it. Uh, that was an issue a little bit. We'll get into more of that in just a second. Uh, but also, you know, that you got to balance that with getting the ball in Wilson's hands and Pearsall's hands pretty quickly. Uh, let those guys make some yards after the catch. So probably still trying to figure some things out al- along there. But when the run game is going, it, it affords you the opportunity to miss some of those deep passes uh, and then use uh, the, you know, these short passes to, to be an extension of the run game. Uh, so in, all, in order for this offense to take another step, we know we saw it. They're there the last couple of weeks. Those deep passes have been there. Going to have to take those downfield shots and then start hitting them. Uh, at the same time, hitting those downfield shots, like I said, it's on the offensive line a little bit, but it's also on quarterback Graham Mertz. Uh, and Billy Napier brought that up after the game. The question was, sometimes you see the beat, beating Graham takes on some certain plays. What does that say about his toughness? Billy Napier responds, I want him to get rid of the ball sometimes, you know, <laughs> but I think when we look at it, some of the things that happened today, he's holding it a little bit too long, probably. We want to blame others, but I think he's going to look at it and say, man, I've got to get through this thing and get it out. We took a sack today on like a second and one. I'm about to break my headset, says Billy Napier. So, I mean, he was joking at the same time, trying to have some fun with it, but that was the truth of it as well. Napier said, I think he, he's really critical of himself. He wants to do everything exactly the right way. Very coachable, a pleasure to coach, and I do think he's a competitor. I think he showed some toughness. I think the players respect that. So that was you know during Billy Napier. Graham Mertz comes in, and I asked Mertz about Napier's remarks, uh, and he replied, there was one look where I could have thrown it down the field. I thought I could step up and make a play and got sacked. Uh, that's the one I went out on. But there are definitely a couple times I held the ball a little too long. I've got to be quicker in my decision-making. And when it's not there, especially like the intentional grounding, I've played football long enough to know you just got to throw it past the line. You just don't hold the ball and don't make a bad play worse. I definitely got to do a better job of that. So I followed up, you know, would you say the next step is to start hitting those downfield passes? Mert says, yeah, that's definitely the part we've got to hit, but we're good. So the longest completion, 30 completions for the game, guys. The longest completion for the game was a 23-yarder to Boardingham. And I know we say eventually it has to get there, but I think we've seen enough this season where the downfield passing won't be there consistently much this season. Maybe they can figure some things out during the bye week. That's probably a little bit of hope, hopium there, but you know, we'll see if they can identify you know, some way. Some of it's just hitting them, uh, but also at the same time, probably a little more. Uh, shots, but I do wonder the belief in this offensive line to hold up in those situations. Uh, I know we say it eventually has to get there, but you know we'll, we'll see. This offensive line, the questions there. Wilson back in the lineup. Quick passing attack was in the cards anyway, but it would be nice to start con- you know, connecting on those downfield throws uh, that are called. But it got the job done against Vanderbilt. Uh, Maybe enough against most of the defenses. The rest of the way, you know, I mentioned it last week. Uh, in a video that I put out on YouTube, it was part of the chat that we had on Gators Breakdown Plus. The defense as far as plays gets easier. Utah, really good defense. Tennessee, a really good defense. Kentucky, a really good defense. The defenses are going to get easier. This was one chance to take an opportunity of that. It's going to get easier along the way just because of the defenses you line up against. So far, was able to take advantage uh, of Vanderbilt there. So it, it, it got the job done yesterday. 
you know, hopefully you can figure some things out along the way too by not playing such stout defenses. South Carolina, again, this coming up week, maybe figure some things out there. Then you got Georgia. We know what to expect from that. Uh, but not many defenses that are really going to just line up and beat Florida. As bad as this offense has looked at times, you know, I, I think we saw a somewhat maybe maybe average at best Florida offense take advantage of a bad Vanderbilt defense. We need to see more of that. But, um, you know, the defensive Florida plays the rest of the way. It'll be fine as long as the Florida run game is there. And it was there. Great to see Montreal Johnson take advantage of the situation. All the question of, you know, giving ETN more carries and, you know, what's you know, Johnson just can't seem to get in the groove this year. Well, that was not the case versus Vanderbilt. I uh, took advantage of the situation with ETN not playing. It was needed at the same time because of ETN not playing. At the same time, credit to true freshman Trayon Webb for coming in and providing a couple of explosive plays. And explosive was what you needed to get out of that. Been limited in run game explosives this year. Johnson had runs of 34 and 38 yards versus Vanderbilt. Webb had a 43-yarder. 205 yards between the two backs there. Absolutely needed. When ETN goes down with missing this game against Vanderbilt, Cam Carroll goes down at the beginning of the season. It's been a nice game to have him in, of course. So you needed the performance of Johnson and Webb and those guys to stay healthy at the same time. So take sacks away. And Florida averaged eight and a half yards a carry. That's kind of what we expected to see with this Gator rushing attack. All right, guys, we'll keep it going. But before we do, when your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win like my bookie. At my bookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Just use promo code Gators on your first deposit and receive up to $200 in cash. That's promo code Gators to claim your cash bonus now. Try the my bookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds, plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs, you won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at my bookie. And hey, Gator Nation, you can be the difference. For the first time ever, you can directly impact the outcome on the field by joining Florida Victorious. Want to help the Gators win? Want a better game day experience? Just like when you pack the swamp, your unwavering support through Florida Victorious empowers the Gators to be their best. Join today, be the difference at floridavictorious.com and save 20% on your first month using promo code GATORSBD. All right, guys, let's keep it going. And where the Gators were much better this week than we have seen so far this season, six of six in the red zone. But let's take a look at these scoring drives as well. A lot of these, of course, come together here, but a nine-play, 93-yard drive to get things going. Encourage after the opening plays because it was an incomplete pass to Montreal Johnson to try and get things started. Then Florida came right back with a pass. 
How many times have we seen an incomplete pass on first and 10 and we automatically know Florida's going to run the ball? I'm sure Vanderbilt was thinking the same thing. Florida comes out, second and 10, 18-yard pass to Ricky Pearsall. So when we have discussed all week about the predictability of this offense, well, not so much to start this game. Not as predictable. Johnson had a 34-yard run that would lead to the first touchdown pass to Arliss Boardingham. What a big, big day for him. Seven plays, 61-yard drive for the Gators. Started with 14-44 in the second quarter on their own 39. Johnson, 28-yard run would lead to Boardingham's second touchdown. So take a look at that. Big runs by Johnson, touchdown Gators. Big run by Johnson, find your tight end, Arliss Boardingham for his second touchdown. 14-7 Florida, but you can see just how important these big chunk runs are and conducive to scoring for this Gator offense. Last score before halftime, the eight-play, 71-yard drive right before halftime for the Gators. We talk about those drives before halftime, the drives after halftime, the middle eight. Got to take advantage. Got to start winning those scenarios. Florida did it here. Boardingham had a 19-yard catch. You got a personal foul on Vandy in the drive as well. Then a rough in the passer on third and two at the Vandy 14. Johnson would score from seven yards out. 21-7 Gators going to halftime. We move to the third quarter. A 14-play, 91-yard drive started on their own nine-yard line. And you guys probably picked up on this, too. It opens with a pass to Boardingham. And we're seeing now if Florida's backed up on close to their own goal line in the 10, you know, within the 10 yard, 10 yard mark there on their own 10. Napier loves that rollout to the tight end. The tight end gets that pass a lot backed up in their own deep territory from this offense. Florida would go on to convert, convert a fourth and two. Then a third and 15 a few plays later from Mertz to Boardingham. In the seam, he breaks tackles, gets the first down on a 20-yard gain. It was third and 15, passes short of the sticks, but Boardingham shows some physicality, breaks some tackles. 20-yard gain, keeps the chains moving. Wilson then gets a pop shovel pass a couple plays later for a nine-yard touchdown. Then a seven-play, 54-yard field goal drive. Trayon Webb's 43-yard run set up the only field goal for the Gators. Florida would get to the Vandy 18, but a couple of penalties derailed the drive, so you don't, don't want to see that. The penalties did add up for Florida. Eight penalties on the day. Want to get those cleaned up. Then a four-play, 36-yard drive. Takeover after Vandy has a turnover on downs. Florida takes over at the Vandy 36. Montreux Johnson 15-yard run leads to another boarding hand touchdown for 15 yards out. So the good there was a lot of good pairing of on the previous plays of Boardingham's touchdown where Montreal Johnson had a big play, had a big run. So complimentary football on the offensive side there for the Gators. Uh, definitely, definitely what you like, like to see. Uh, and before we move on to the defense, let's just take a look at the stats right here for the Gators offense. One more time. Graham Mertz, 30 of 36, 254, three touchdowns. All the Boardingham, the recipient, of course, to two of those. Wilson being the other on that pop shovel pass. Listen, it looks like a run, but it is a pass as, co- as far as the official stats go. Max Brown comes in, shows some nice zip on some passes. He's 4-4 four four for 26 yards. 
But then you go to Wilson, like I said, he's got eight catches. Some of those, you know, are basically runs, but eight for 64, only along a 12. So that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the next evolution of this offense is for possibly some bigger yards after the catch and some catches down the field. Eight of 64 for Wilson. Seven for 99 for Boardingham. Have not seen a tight end play like that under Billy Napier so far at Florida. Seven for 99 for all the sporting hand. Two touchdowns. I mean, it, it was one player that we had pegged throughout the spring. If there was going to be a guy who would break out this fall. Now we're a few games into the season. May have taken a little bit longer, but boarding may be coming around a bit at this tight end position. Seven for 99, two touchdowns. A longer 23. Ricky Pierce all four catches for 34 yards. Khalil Jackson, four for 24. Johnson with three. Trayon Webb with three. Marcus Burke with two later, later in the game. Frazier's with a catch. Spirito with a catch. Andy Jean with a catch. Uh, so 10 different receivers from Mertz and Brown caught passes, spreading the ball around. And then let's go to Florida rushing. Montreal Johnson, 18 carries, 135 yards, 7.5, 7 7.5 yards a carry. For Montreal Johnson, Trayon Webb, the true freshman, four carries, 70 yards, 17 and a half yards carry, of course. Pierce all with two for 23 and pretty much ends with 30 attempts, 215 yards, 7.2 yard average when you count the sacks by Graham Mertz as well. All right, defense, they look, came out great. First two drives for Vanderbilt, not doing much. Uh, defense came out, Scooby Williams, Jaden Hill, right away. Right away, their first two drives made their presence felt, especially Jaden Hill. Uh, but Vandy came out. Their first two possessions went five plays, 25 yards, and a punt. And then a three and out, their next possession. Vanderbilt couldn't get the run game going. That was about the only way I think they were going to – they were not going to beat Florida only through the air. They were not. In the passing game, in conjunction with a run game, possibly. That was the only way. And they could not get the run game going at all. Good sign for the Florida defense to be able to bounce back, be ready after that performance last week versus Kentucky. We knew Vandy was a much better passing offense anyway, but you couldn't allow them to get the run game going. And I'm sure they thought they might would be might be able to after what they saw from Florida last week. Nope, nope, nope. Was not going to do anything. So <laughs> um, could not allow that for Vanderbilt. Vandy's wide receiver, Jaden McGowan, was their leading rusher. 25 yards on two carries. Starting running back Cedric Alexander had 21 yards on eight carries. Florida held its opponent to a 100, under 100 yards rushing for the third time this season. The Gators gave up 334 total yards. 137 came on two plays for Vanderbilt including an 85-yard pass that should have been a penalty on Vanderbilt wide receiver Will Shepard for grabbing the face mask of Jason Marshall. I would have liked to see Marshall continue to play, play the play out, uh, but you know, that should have never happened. It really was. That was clear penalty right there on Vandy. You, know, you guys know me. I, I barely bring up refs calls, penalties as an excuse, uh, or bad penalties as an excuse, but this one was clear. Um, so Marshall still got to be able to fight through it, don't quit on the play. Didn't like seeing that, but at the same time, shouldn't have been in the situation to begin with. Uh, so besides that, I mean, you if you go to Vandy, I mean, Shepard, 
was their number one receiver. One of the best wide receivers in the SEC. Besides that, he only had two more catches the rest of the game. Uh, so did a good job of holding him in control. Um, but six tackles for loss for the Gators. Two sacks on the day. Defense forced three fumbles, got one recovery. Vanderbilt only ran 53 plays. One of 10 on third down. One of 10 on third down. Can we get the Hallelujah theme song going in the background? Because third down defense is not the issue it used to be. It is certainly not. I mean, the one reason this defense is better is because Florida's third down defense is better. So much better. It's not a liability to be in that down and distance anymore. I mean, Vandy averaged, if I can get it here, I didn't put that in the notes, but I got it up for you guys. Let me see. One of 10 on third down. Guys, they gained 0.8 yards on third down. 0.8. They averaged third and six to go. Third and six. Florida averaged third and 9.2. It was five of 12. Bandy averaged three point, uh, three, third down and six and converted one of 10 and gained 0.8 yards. They didn't even gain a yard on third down. A defense doing what they were supposed to do. A defense doing what they were supposed to do in a bounce-back performance. Did have issues covering tight end later in the game on a drive that led to second Vandy uh, touchdown. All in all, a good day. True freshman, Bryce Thornton, made his first career start alongside true freshman Jordan Castell. Two true freshmen in the Florida defensive backfield at safety. Florida's first game starting two freshman safeties in the last 20 Five years. That's how special that is. It's tough. It's tough anyway. But man, Castell, Thornton, the Gators are going to be set at safety for years to come. Thornton would go on to record three tackles, half tackle for loss, one pass breakup, and another true freshman making his presence felt in this young defense. To continue this, TJ Searcy forces a fumble that was good for Florida's second turnover of the season. Jalen Kimber recover, but he had a nice game too. Two tackles, two pass breakups for Jalen Kimber, but that was a fourth and five that Vandy converted, but credit seriously for not giving up on the play, chasing down the play, and stopping the, uh, and causing the fumble as Vanderbilt was driving into Florida territory. Vanderbilt was driving a bit, had converted his fourth down, but all in the same play. TJ seriously causes the fumble. Great effort there by the true freshman. Jakeem Jackson, another true freshman, bounced back after giving up a big play, of course. I think you guys remember that one. Uh, but ended that same drive by providing tight coverage uh, in the end zone, forcing a Vandy turnover on downs uh, at the Florida four-yard line. So good to see him you know, not give up easy passes there. Vanderbilt receivers still had a chance to catch that uh, fourth down, I believe it was, in the end zone. Uh, but the tight coverage, I'm sure... Uh, had an effect on the clarity of him being able to catch that ball. Uh, uh, Derek Wingo, Tyreek Sapp, both recorded two the two sacks for Florida in this game. Hey, two St. Thomas Aquinas products right right there getting the sacks for the Gators. Uh, so good, good, uh, good, good effort uh, there. Sapp right before halftime, uh, of course, Vandy would pretty much a hail mary chance to go into the locker room right there at midfield, Tyreek Sapp. Uh, that was one of the other forced fumbles for the Gators as well. Uh, but good to see Derek Wingo out there uh, as well, making some plays uh, for this Gator defense. So 
All right. That was some uh, good defensive performance. I liked seeing Florida being able to bounce back, not kind of woe is me attitude, especially on the defensive side of the ball <laughs> after Vanderbilt just ran or Kentucky just ran rough shot over you the week before. Um, I didn't think Florida was, was going to show that bad on defense or not as bad as what they showed in Kentucky uh, in good bounce back uh, right there for the Gators and just kind of taking an overlook, overall look, kind of a tally right here for the Gator defense. Jamar James led the way, seven total tackles, one tackle for loss, three of them solo. Jaden Hill, I tell you what, we've been talking about it on the Discord a little bit this morning, but good for him. Move, being able to move to the nickel star role and find success there. You know, I'm not sure with Kimber and Marshall and Moore outside how much work he'd be getting had he just stayed outside. Credit for the staff for identifying that. He's been a plus there. And that's some of the best play we've had consistently at the nickel spot so far. And, he, and you could tell right away versus Vanderbilt that he was going to be an integral part of this defense. I mean, they tried to go at him. He responded. Manny Nunnery, four tackles for him as well, two of them being solo. Cam Jackson right there along the defensive line, four tackles as well, two of them solo, a half tackle for loss. Jason Marshall with three. Scooby Williams with three. Now, Scooby, like I said, started off well in this game. He did not play a lot after the early parts of the game. Uh, something I noticed. Uh, I don't know if he was injured. I did see him on the sideline. He was walking up and down the sideline with the team. Uh, so I don't know if it was a limitation, if he just got banged up a little. Uh, maybe uh, I'll ask around or maybe get, get something from Napier this week as far as an injury report, if he is injured. I'm not sure he is or not. They may be trying to give some other guys some reps, but Scooby Williams didn't play a whole lot past the early part of the game. But Marshall, Williams, Thornton, Sapp, all with three tackles. You and me yelling. Two quarterback hurries, two total tackles for him. Kimber two, Wingo with two, Moten with two, Searcy with two as well. And Moten with a tackle and a half for loss. Uh, he's played better than we've seen him play against Vanderbilt as well. So all in all, good day on the defense there for the Gators. Good performance from those guys. All right, let's take a... I look back on the offense and some notes uh, right there. Montreal Johnson, guys, 2,000 career yards for him going back. Congrats to him on, on, on that one. 18 times, 135 yards. His seventh 100 rushing yard game of his career. His fifth as a Gator. And with that, gets over 2,000 career rushing yards. Arliss Bordingham, of course, career high. Seven receptions, 99 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Career day for him. Career day for Trayon Webb so far as true freshman. Khalil Jackson, career high, four receptions. Ricky Pearsall, by, by the way, guys, his 34th consecutive game with a catch. That's the eighth longest streak in FBS. Beautiful call on him, too, with that... Um, the him running in the end zone, kind of the little direct handoff coming around, gets in the end zone. I mean, the Florida's finding ways to use Ricky Pearsall. That was part of the unpredictability of this Florida offense and using a lot of east west motion. 
Mers has thrown a touchdown pass in 21 of his last 24 career games. And Mers is the only Florida quarterback to complete 70% of his passes or better in six straight starts. And that's his first six starts as a Gator, of course, as well. And his Gator high, three passing touchdowns. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good to get back on the winning side of things. Yes, I know. It was just Vanderbilt. I know. But Florida just needed this one. Needed a just needed a victory. Needed to get back on the winning side of things. This team beat you last year, or this program beat you last year. Not the same team, of course. But good to get back on the winning side of things. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully built some momentum into going on the road next week versus South Carolina. All right, going through here, the comments, thank guys. Thanks for hopping in. Wicked Fresh hopping in. I'm uh, assuming with the discussion about Jaden Hill earlier, best star since Chauncey. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I'm, I'm, no, no, that's not I think so. Yeah, we know so. <laughs> I think uh, being able there's a there's a parameter you got to hit, and Chauncey is probably that that guy. I don't think you'll get that good a star play out of much of anybody, and that's that's a more of a compliment to Chauncey for what he was able to do. Uh, but Hill has certainly been the best, more consistent since that that year from Chauncey in 2018. Nathaniel Rogers brings up a good point, and something I do want to, I'm assuming many, many red flags with our defensive line pressures. I would like to see, would like to see some more pressure up front from the defensive line. Probably in that and turnovers, and they may go, and they may be going hand in hand. But if there's, I think something we're going to start looking for of where this team could get better, where this team can maybe get more consistent in things that will absolutely make a difference. Defensive, defensive line pressure certainly high on the list. Hey, look, much better than what they were. Are they going to figure everything out in the first year under Austin Armstrong? Probably not. Probably not. But for sure, I th- this defense, I think, will be able to count on them more so than not this year. I really do. All right. Yeah, it shouldn't be overstated. Seriously plays with great effort. Hey, look, and we saw it from what, game one at Utah. I mean, this true freshman's come in in one of the hardest positions to do so. Defensive line in the SEC, and in that game against you know a program like Utah that is just known for their trenches and being this tough physical team. I mean, we saw it right away versus them, and here we are six games later, and he's still making plays as a true freshman in a very very tough tough spot. Harrison brings up a good point here about Mertz. Imagine how be how bad we would be. This year, if Mertz was turning the ball over, that's the biggest plus with him is he hasn't turned the ball over. That's right. Um, and the two that have been, of course, the one versus Utah, it was deep in Florida's territory, and then the one for Mertz against Kentucky. Now, the ones he has thrown are been daggers for Florida, deep in your own territory. 
um, there, but not necessarily all his fault either. So it's he's taking care of the ball. He's taking care of the ball. The timing issue versus Utah, I mean, that was games ago, so I don't want to keep harping on it, but since we are talking turnovers here, uh, this is kind of where we, that's where we have to go because there's only two of them. Uh, he is doing a, a great job there. Yeah, if, if he was turning the ball over and you were getting this same type of production, you'd probably have to bench him, but he's not turning the ball over uh, and still giving this offense a chance. And look, like I said, with the defenses coming up, the game plan we saw versus Vanderbilt, if the Florida defense is playing well and the Florida run game is playing well, a lot of this dinking and dunking, it's going to keep Florida in a lot of ball games coming up against South Carolina and Arkansas and to an extent Missouri, LSU as well. LSU's defense is bad. They, they just are. Um, Missouri played LSU yesterday. LSU escapes in that game. Pick six late for them. So Missouri played a really good offense in LSU. I think Missouri's defense is, is pretty good. But that's, that's games away. But in the upcoming games and yesterday, this offense will keep you in some games, but the defense has got to be there. The running game has to be there. With the margin for error being so thin with this team, you're going to need the complimentary football because there's going to be they're going to be in some close games. We'll be in some close games. You can't kill yourself. So, this conservative play play style, not taking a lot of chances, it, it is a plus in some ways. All right. Thanks for hopping in here, guys. JB brings up a good point. This will be exciting. Next evolution is Wilson in the backfield. Woo, that'd be, that'd be scary. That'd be scary. Maybe getting a little more creative. And look, that might be one of those bi-week wrinkles you see going into the Georgia game. Something like that. And that can be used for the rest of the season. Uh, I've seen you guys bring it up, so I can't really ignore it. Wicked Fresh right here. How about Georgia Tech beating Miami? Not a faith. I wasn't expecting Miami to lose to Georgia Tech. Gabe, the U went down in flames. Holy moly. How in the world does that happen? I know it was a close game. It was a 3 nothing in the third quarter. I was listening to that game coming back from Gainesville. Miami went up 10 nothing. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'll go listen to the Georgia-Kentucky game. Even though it was a blowout, I just kind of wanted to get a feel for that game a little bit. Then I switched it to Louisville and Notre Dame. I get home and then I see Miami and kind of where they're at there. I'm like, okay, well, they're going to win this game. So didn't even go back to it. Hopped on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord and I see the fever pitch of how did this happen? Ha ha ha, Miami, ha ha ha, this and that, Mario Crystal Ball. And I'm just like, what in the world happened here? So get on the Twitter and watch the last three plays of the game where Miami fumbles when all they had to do was kneel the ball. And Georgia Tech hits a couple big pass plays, and there you go, they win the game. <laughs> it's just, there's no excuse for that. I mean, for all the gaffes we've seen this year from our own staff, don't get me wrong, you know, Florida hasn't been great in that regard either. 
It's been nowhere near that bad, and it's been bad for Florida. That was completely inexcusable. You completely lost a game on. Don't get me wrong. It's hard to say you lost, you lose a game on one play, but in some ways that can be true, and that's what happened. Miami lost that game on one play. When it comes down to all you got to do is kneel the ball, yeah, that one play means that much. Uh, Kevin Ray, yeah, USC did win. Just um, to get you guys on, I guess, just some inside of what I got when I got back from Gainesville, I turned that game on. I knew it was close. Get on the couch to finally maybe settle in and watch that game. I pass out, tired from being in Gainesville all day. Um, but I don't know if I'd have been able to stay up anyway. USC wins in triple overtime against Arizona. So that game get over with probably around, what, 3 o'clock in the morning maybe? So, <laughs> yeah, their defense is bad. It really is bad. Scott brings up a good point. This will be the last one. No special teams error this week. Improvement. Absolutely. Good punts. Um, Pearsall, you know, letting punt drops, not that big of an issue versus Vanderbilt. All the extra points are hit. The one field goal attempted was hit. So, hey. There we go. <laughs> if we're going to give this team credit from the man, look, this didn't matter who they've played so far this year. We've seen those type of mistakes week in and week out. Not necessarily versus Vanderbilt. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for hopping in here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. 38-14. Florida over Vanderbilt. Getting ready to go, to go on the road. Next week versus South Carolina, we all know the storyline for this week. We know. We're not going to hide behind it. Can't hide behind it. Florida to win on the road under Billy Napier. One win so far versus Texas A&M last year. It's time to turn that around. No ifs, ands, buts about it. You got to go win this one. But plenty of time to preview that one between Florida and South Carolina. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC at Gators Breakdown. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Gators Breakdown.